0: Welcome to the Imago Day Community Podcast. Hi Imago, Michelle Jones here, and we are in the middle of a series called Undistracted. Last two weeks, we've been listening to A.J. Swoboda talk really beautifully about what it means to live in a world full of distractions, and then in the second sermon, how to live and um, pay attention in this world that um, that is so noisy. If you haven't, listened to the last two sermons because next week, AJ is gonna be back to finish up this series and he's going to be talking about some very specific ways that we can learn to be quiet and have quiet in our lives this week i actually want to spend a little bit of time talking about how god speaks to us in our moments when aj spoke last week he talked about three different incidences one was the woman at the well one was uh, john and peter at the gate beautiful and then one was moses at the burning bush and in each one of those situations people and or god and or jesus spoke in moments, and God speaks to us in our moments. It's it, it happens throughout scripture. You see Esther, who is being spoken to through Mordecai in a moment where he talks about the necessity to pay, to pay attention to a moment, just a moment such as, you know, just a time such as this or we're looking at um, Elijah who's in the cave and God speaks to him, not in the storm or not in the the wind, but in a still small voice. And there are these different times in scripture where God will speak to us in our moments. And so I kind of wanna talk today, not so much about um, how to be quiet, but how to actually listen and notice and see a moment in the noise. I was thinking as I was studying this about how I was When I was a little kid, one of my favorite, favorite things to do for breakfast was not pancakes, it wasn't something special, it was a bowl of cereal. And I used to eat a bowl of cereal, and I'd take a bowl of cereal and a slice of toast. That was it. I'd rip up the toast, dump it in the bowl of cereal, and then I would sit there with the cereal box favorite, favorite thing to do in the world. I could sit there and read the back of a cereal box, the sides of a cereal box, the bottom of a cereal box, all day. I don't know what it was about the cereal box, but I would sit there, and I am one of nine siblings, so I was in a house where there was a lot going on, a lot of noise, a lot of things happening, but I could sit there with that box of cereal and read. And somewhere along the way, that little girl who was able to sit in the middle of a lot of noise and read a cereal box and not pay attention to all of the craziness around me, um, somewhere she disappeared. And I got busy and I got crazy and the world got noisy and the world got crazy. And so many things started happening until COVID. And then I kind of rediscovered that girl who could sit with a cereal box and sit with a book or sit with some music, or sit with nothing in particular and just kind of experience the quiet. But sometimes, in fact, most times, the world doesn't quiet down to accommodate me or to accommodate my needs, and I'm sure it's not that way with you either. As a matter of fact, when it comes to this whole COVID situation, what we have is a lot of noise going on in our homes that didn't actually exist there before. We now have parents who have to school their children at home and we have people whose offices are at home. I'm one of those people. I had to actually move my laptop. I had to buy a desk, put it in my apartment, and then put the laptop on the desk so that I would stop doing work any and everywhere in my apartment. But when we think about how Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow, there's kind of an assumption that there are other voices. As a matter of fact, when you think about that particular image that he brings up, the the sheep were kept when you went into a city they were she- they were kept all together in a in a sheep place where they were all put, every single flock of every single shepherd, they were all left in the same place. And when the shepherd would come and get ready to take his flock, he would would whistle or he would speak or he would say something. And every sheep who belonged to that shepherd would recognize his voice and come out from among all of those different kinds of sheep because they recognized the voice of their shepherd. Now, imagine you've got like Dozens of shepherds, dozens of flocks, you know, in this place, but a sheep would understand and recognize the voice. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today is how we recognize a moment, how we recognize the voice of God, how we recognize the voice of others in the noise, not so much outside of the noise. Because this is a really loud season that we're living in. You know, like I said, homes are busier. We have all of this stuff around justice and race and reconciliation. People are going through personal struggles. Businesses are failing. This world right now, there's a lot of noise going on, not just around us, but inside us, just trying to to function and to deal with what's happening in our lives. So how do you make it possible to to see and hear what's going on in your life? So today is less about learning how to get quiet, and how to pay attention. It's more about how to keep your attention when there's so much noise going on around you. It's more about how do I keep my sanity in the noise, and how do I not so much pick apart the things that don't matter so that I see what does matter, but how do I look at all of these things that matter and then hear yet another thing that matters in the midst of all of this. So home base for today is going to be a passage that many of you are familiar with. It's the uh, passage where we have Jesus on his way to uh, heal the daughter of Jairus, who is a synagogue leader. And on the way, he encounters a woman who's had an issue of blood for 12 years. So the passage we're going to look at, the, the, the story itself is actually in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But what we're going to do is we're going to look at the passage specifically in Mark 5, verses 25 to 34. And so it reads, you know, we, we, the ramp in is that there's a huge crowd following Jesus to get to Jairus' house so that he can heal that, that little girl, but on the way it says, um, it says, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and she'd spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she got worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I touch his clothes, and Luke says, she said, within herself, So she said it to herself, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and it was specifically Peter because he was always saying something, right? Um, So he says, you see all these people around you and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Now, I don't necessarily want to spend too much time on the woman. And most of the time when I've, when I've looked at and preach this passage, I've really paid a lot of attention to what happened to her and how Jesus treated her and how good and how kind he was to her. But what struck me this time was just how Jesus managed to, at once it says, he realized that power had gone from him and he at once began to deal with this woman. Now he was on his way to do some really good stuff. He was on his way to heal somebody. As a matter of fact, if you look at what comes before this in all of the different Gospels where this story is referenced, you find that Jesus has spent a lot of time healing a lot of people, casting demons out of people. He's doing all kinds of stuff, and now he's just this huge phenomenon, and people are following him all over the place. And so he's really busy being about his father's business, and he's getting things done, and he's doing these amazing things, and so when this guy comes to him, the the synagogue leader Jairus falls on his face and falls at his feet and says, could you please come see about my daughter? Well, that's not a bad thing. He's on his way to do some very good things, some very important things. But it's interesting that in the process of doing something that matters so much that he was able to hear and sense and see and pay attention and focus on something that was also good but that was also an immediate need. So when you look at that, I, I look at that, and I think it's one thing to be in a world where it's quiet and then to hear the Lord speak or whisper in that still small voice. It's another thing entirely to have your family at home, your work and your job at home, to have a million things to do around the house, to have a bunch of things that you have to do differently because of COVID, to have protests going on, to have all sorts of things happening, and then all of a sudden to be able to hear God in that. Because the truth of the matter is, is he's still not shouting. God, God's whisper is louder than the loudest shout in the entire world. But how is it that that Jesus was able to hear that in the midst of doing some really good things. And I I keep saying that because I think that a lot of times we, we think that there's one thing that we should be doing, another thing we shouldn't be doing, and somehow that we need to choose. And there's so much going on in our lives right now that we're worried about whether or not we're doing the right thing at the right time, in the right way. And here we have Jesus who's saying, no, sometimes you can be on your way to doing some really great stuff and God can change your direction and make you do some really good other stuff. So the first thing I want you to notice about Jesus and how he behaves in this particular passage is that he doesn't allow the, he doesn't allow the path to be confused with the plan. We can be on a specific path to a particular place and doing things in a specific way, and then God can change that path, change that direction. As a matter of fact, an interruption is exactly that. It is a a period or a moment where the very path that you are on is ruptured. The very direction that you're going in, you can no longer go in that direction. We think about Paul, who was on his way to Damascus to just do some damage and some harm to some of the people of God, to Christians, and Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus and literally ruptures the very path that he was on and changes his direction because there's something better that God has for him to do, something different that God has for him to do. And in that moment, Paul needs to hear Jesus. In the midst of of our lives, in the midst of what we're doing, there are God moments where God wants us to hear him not just in the quiet, but he needs us to hear him also in the noise. Because think about it, if he only spoke in the quiet, then if I'm the enemy, I'm gonna work really hard to make your life as noisy as I possibly can so that you don't hear what God has to say to you. But God has made us with a spirit that can actually hear the things that he is saying, even in the noise. And we can't be so wrapped up in the things and so focused on the things that we're expected to do and that we're expecting to do, that we miss the unexpected, that we miss the unseen. And so when you look at those stories that A.J. mentioned last week when he talked about the woman at the well, he talked about Peter and John, and he talked about um, Moses in the burning bush. Moses was a shepherd, and the voice came while he was doing that work. The woman at the well was coming to get water, and so her path, what she was doing, was not a bad thing. It was a good thing, but she meets and she hears Jesus in that moment. Peter and John, the interesting thing about that is that when they're going to the gate beautiful, they see this man who the Bible says has been at this gate from birth. And every week somebody would bring him up there so that he would actually be able to to beg for alms. Every week. So he's at the temple and every week he's there. That means Jesus saw him while Jesus was around. For the time that he was there, Jesus walked by that guy, but the moment that that guy was supposed to be healed was the moment that John and Peter were walking by. And so Jesus probably saw him, probably gave him alms, but the time for his healing happened when John and Peter were walking by him that day, and he said, silver and gold, I have none, but such as I have, I give to you, rise up and walk. And so the moment. it was supposed to happen, Peter and John had probably passed that guy a dozen or so times or even more because they were with Jesus when he was there and near the temple and in the temple. So the time and the moments sometimes that God wants to speak to us at at specific and precise moments, the, the, the ability to hear them depends sometimes on our willingness to let go of the expected and to let go of the thing that we were doing to be able to actually move in the different direction that God has us to move in. Martin Luther King talked about the importance of handling costly interruptions and the quote that he that he has about that was actually not one that he said it was one that was in his briefcase he was planning to say it in the next sermon that he preached but he was assassinated before it happened and they found that quote they found those words in his notes, in his briefcase, after he was assassinated. So how we handle the interruptions in our lives say as much about us as how we handle what it is we have to do when there are no interruptions. So the second thing that I want you to see in this passage is that Jesus was able to hear and to to respond and to react in the moment because he didn't allow the crowd or the culture to keep him from seeing the unseen and hearing the unheard. So when you look at Peter who said to him, you know, Jesus, everybody's touching you. Jesus was in a crowd. He had this entourage of people who were touching him and and pushing him and, and jostling him and, and all and in all of that, Peter said, this is the thing. How, how can you possibly say who's touching you at the time? But Jesus says, but there was power that went out from me, and I felt that. So rather than be, be swayed by Peter and the crowd to say, look, look, at, look around you, Jesus is like, no, what I need to do is to look to see the unseen. And a lot of times we have a lot going on around us, we're looking for example, we're looking at all of the protests that are happening downtown right now. And we're looking at all of the things that are being said and all of this stuff that's 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 going on and people are getting caught up in all of that stuff. And then you you forget that there are people in pain in plain sight around us. As we look at what's been happening lately, have you noticed that there are more and more tents for people who don't have a place to live? more and more businesses that are closing their doors permanently, more and more people who are struggling to live their lives. And so while we're so caught up in the things that we, that we are used to seeing, the things that we're used to hearing, the things that we're used to dealing with, there are a lot of people who are in pain in plain sight. So when we look at, for example, the, the riots going on downtown, we had a news crew come out and talk to us about our mural and one of the things that was important to to say to him was yeah with all the stuff going down going on downtown these names these people this is what matters these are the voices it doesn't it 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 doesn't have to end at just what we see because even as the church god continues to say No matter what happens, when the world gets tired of protesting and when the world stops talking about George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, when all of those voices become quiet, God's voice is still saying to us, speak for those who can't speak for themselves, do justice, love mercy. He's going to continue saying those things when the world has stopped saying those things and we can't allow the culture to tell us how to shape what it is we care about. We have to care about the things that, are, that it is our father's business to care about because as I said before, our father's business must become our business. And so the third thing that I think was so um, telling with Jesus and so beautiful about what he did was that he didn't allow the momentum of what was going on to direct his movements. He allowed his father's business to direct his movements, but more than that, he allowed the pain of a person in the moment to direct his movement. He was able to actually pick out pain from just simple noise. Think about it. I've had people talk to me about, about you know, well, what's, what's going on with, you know, with the people downtown? They're saying this and they're doing that. And you're looking at, for example, you see people talking about Black Lives Mattering. And in one moment, a movement about Black Lives Mattering got turned in the news into one naked white woman sitting down in front of a bunch of people with guns. This completely hijacks what everything was about. And so what happens is then the momentum starts to shift, and now it's about federal troops, and now it's about, you know, Naked Athena, and now it's about rioting, and now it's about a whole bunch of stuff. But it's only about those things if you're following the momentum. What it is about for the church is being able to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. It's about giving voice to racism that's been around for centuries and centuries in this country. It's about caring about loving mercy and doing justice. And so we have to continue to allow our attention and our focus not to be carried away by the momentum. That is how we hear God in those moments. That is how we understand the difference between a distraction and an interruption. George Floyd was an interruption. Naked Athena is a distraction. So what I need us to do and what I believe God is calling us to do as the church is in the midst of all of this noise, if we could simply hear what really matters, hear the voice of people in pain who, who stand around us, who live around us in plain sight, to see the unseen and to be able to respond to those things without allowing the culture or the crowd or the momentum or our, our or what we're used to doing to get us off track. So how do we ensure that moments don't catch us unaware or unequipped or unable to respond? The first way is to actually avoid being bored. Avoid boredom. Now here's what I mean by that. Boredom is a refusal to be impressed by something. Every expression begins with an impression. Because God was able to impress Himself upon the heart of Jesus, Jesus is then able to express the love of God to the world. And that is what we're called to do as the church. We are called to express that which has been impressed upon us. And so avoid being bored, and your heart will always be able to be impressed upon by the pain that people feel around you, by the things that people go through around you, by the silent cries that people cry when they're they're with you. You'll be able to hear those things. Have you ever looked in somebody's eyes and just known that something was just not right and they said nothing? This woman said absolutely nothing. She said nothing and Jesus heard her. She hid herself and Jesus saw her. And so she finally decided she was going to speak up. And then Jesus was able to actually say, now that she has spoken up, because Jesus impressed himself upon her and healed her, she was then able to express that and say that to him. And she fell at his feet in gratitude. But then he was able to actually then show all of the people who were around how much this moment mattered. They were all on their way to Jairus's house. The second thing is to move toward the voice. Move toward the moment. Don't move away from it. And be courageous. Don't compete with the moment. Because sometimes we struggle and we wonder, should I care about this? Or I'm so busy caring about this, I can't care about this right here. If it's there and you see it and it impresses itself upon you, move toward it. Don't move away from it. Trust that God has his own plans and he knows exactly what's going on. So don't compete with what's, don't allow what you're already doing to compete with that moment that's right there in your hand, that thing that you need to see right there. Don't compete with that. And then thirdly, give yourself to the moment fully. Jesus gave himself to that moment, to that woman, to that crowd as a witness, as a prophetic witness in that moment we have to give ourselves to our moments unselfishly, and caring, and 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 looking at these things and saying we be, we belong to people who are in pain. I belong to you guys. In the, in the moments that I need to to be conscious of people, I need to give myself to them. I was I was struggling this week because I was thinking about this um this this incident that happened that I I didn't necessarily want to share because. I look really bad in it. But I was at a church and we were on our way back to the back um to speak to the pastor and it was huge. We we're actually in a in a we we're in the Great Western Forum, which is about the same size as the Modus Center. So we're there and it was a huge event. But I'm, 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 I was pretty well known at that church. So I was really used to just kind of going back to see the pastor for whatever reason. And so this person that was with me needed to go back and see the pastor. So I was like, oh yeah, I can take you. So I was on my way back and I was just kind of just walking through stuff. And so they had security there that didn't work for the church. They worked for this. You know, for the venue. So this woman was standing there and she stops me and she says, Excuse me, but, um, what's your name? And I said, Oh, it's okay. No worries. And I just walked right by her, just blew right by her. And then she said, I heard her say to somebody standing next to her, God, I hate church people. And I, and I stopped. I stopped in that moment. And the woman who was with me was like, um, excuse me, we got places to go. I got to get back to see the pastor. I, I just said, we can't stop. I mean, we can't go. We have to stop. And so I went back and I apologized to her because I did. I just blew right by her. Um, I was one of those church people that she hated. I was a jerk that day. And it's not the first time I was a jerk, but it was, it was, it it hit me. It, it struck me. And and so I, I stood with her until she understood that I was wrong. I gave her my name. I told her what I was doing and why I was doing it. And I And the woman next, the woman I was with was so mad, but I needed to be there and say that to her. So then I walked back afterwards and she, a friend of mine was actually the person she said that to and I didn't see him. And he called me the next day and he said, that woman told me no church person has ever apologized to her for blowing past her and for treating her like dirt. And it didn't, it did lessen the shame that I felt. But but what it did do was make me realize how necessary it is to to kind of see people who are typically unseen. I didn't see that woman and I walked right by her. Um, you will never, ever, ever go wrong, addressing a moment as the people of God in a moment. If you're ever wondering or worried about whether or not you are doing the right thing by giving your attention to somebody who needs it in a moment, no matter what it is you're doing in the meantime, you're never going to go wrong doing that. Next week, AJ is going to talk about how to to be a quieter person on the inside. And I hope that you're here for that because it, it, it will help you to actually become a quieter person in the noise so that you're able to actually hear people before you blow past them, so that you're actually able to say, oh, let's deal with this right now no matter what's going on right now. Um, I think that that we are in a moment right now as a church and God is speaking to so many of us, and he wants us to hear him because he's saying there are so many people who need to know who I am, and we have one job, to tell a dying and lying world the truth about who God is in the person of Jesus Christ, who took enough time to hear our cries and pay attention to us and came and saw about us. And we, at the very least, could do the same in his name. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for our people. Father, teach us how to pay attention when people around us cry and need help and reach and and need. Father, teach us how to not be so committed to our path that we miss your plan in a moment. Show us and teach us how not to allow the crowd and the culture to shape what it is we care about and what it is we pay attention to. Show us, Lord God, how to move in this world in a way where we're able to stop and not allow the momentum of our lives to carry us where we want to go in a moment, but that we would be able to stop when there's something that you need us to do in a moment. Father, thank you for your son. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for one who allowed his perfect life to be interrupted by us, to see about us, to take care of us, to look after us. And now, Lord, as we take communion and as we remember Jesus, it is with a heart of gratitude and it is with a heart of praise that we do it. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.